Matt Pikin here from The Overlook, and this episode is a detour from the usual. I spent all of last weekend at The Big Crafty, mostly signing up people for my newsletter, but I also found time to roam the floors top to bottom and ask local makers how they make it in Asheville. So here now are the voices of a handful of builders, bakers, and makers with their local survival and thrival stories. My name is Jen Toledo. I settled in Asheville about 13 or 14 years ago. I've kind of lost track at this point, honestly. Did you come here to be an artist? I did, yeah. I I have an art degree from uh, Western Carolina University. Yeah, I just, I waited tables for over five years and I just made it work eventually. Now tell me about your work, what do you do? I do pen and ink and watercolor depictions of Appalachian wildlife and plants and mushrooms. And I would describe it as like a kind of contemporary illustrative style. So do you make your way full time or largely financially as an artist? Yes, full time for a little over three years now. I've always kind of had it on the back burner that I could always wait tables or like clean Airbnbs on the side. But thankfully, the art community here is really awesome and I've had a lot of opportunity and I'm really grateful for that. Now, the cost of living here in your time here has gone up so exponentially. How did you figure out a way to make it and how do you do that today? That's a really good question. When I moved here, my rent was 260 a month. I lived with housemates in West Asheville and it was very cheap, but I also didn't make that much money because I was hosting at a restaurant. But I've just always been able to find good living situations. You know, it really, it's not accessible to most people. And I feel like because I'm from here and I know people, it's been possible for me to find good living situations with decent landlords. And I always am able to find a housemate that's respectful and we just share the bills. Right now I live with my fiance and we are definitely being um, priced out right now. Like our living situation is not stable. What are you talking about if it's not sustainable? What's your options? Um, we just have to make more money. <laughs> you know, like we, we do have to work in Asheville. We have to live in Asheville. Both of our work is based here. I feel like in order to keep a pulse on what's going on here for my work and just to stay involved in the art community, I need to live here. So we are basically just gonna bust our butts and you know, try to make more money. But it, it is really frustrating how things are right now. I mean, it's terrifying, but I think we can do it. I think it's really not okay the way city council has really favored the tourist industry here, but it hasn't favored the people that make the tourist industry what it is, the people that live here and make the town what it is. So yeah, it's terrifying. Um, We want to make it work. We think we can, but I wish it wasn't like that here. What would you want leaders in our city to know What could they do to make a difference? What do you think is within their power to make a difference, to make things easier for you and other creatives? Well, based on what I've seen in other cities that have the same kind of issues, there are, you know, affordable housing. There's legislation that goes into, like, capping rent and making it possible for people to be homeowners in places like California where things have gone absolutely insane and we see that happening here, you know, and city council really does seem to favor allowing big hotels, allowing like short-term rentals. So fewer short-term rentals, better affordable housing, 
and prioritizing the people that actually live here and make this town what it is. My name is Max Feist. I moved to Asheville in 2000 and I left during COVID in 2020. And you moved to? Savannah. Why did you move? Because I couldn't afford to live in Asheville anymore. Was that a long time coming? Was that a struggle for years or did COVID really make a big difference? What, what was the turning point for you in having to move? Well, I broke up with my partner and then I was looking for an apartment because we had shared an apartment and I could not find an apartment that I could afford as an artist on my own. And I only was able to move to Savannah, which is also pretty unaffordable because I have a friend that had an apartment that I could rent from her. Honestly, the entire time I lived here until then, I had always been able to afford my rent. Like I had basically, I paid between five and 650 the entire time I lived here. When I first moved to Asheville, my, the, the room I rented in a group, like in like a punk house, was $80. And do you know where it was? It was right up Broadway. It was on the corner of Broadway and Maxwell. I didn't have to make a lot of money. I worked part-time at Barley's. It was incredible. Everybody knew everybody. It was just such a great town. We went to Vincent Sincere, went to Broadway's. Tell me about your art and how your artwork has evolved and if you're still able to make your way as an artist. I taught myself how to paint while I was living here and working at Rosetta's. So I didn't want to work in restaurants anymore. I'd worked there for about seven, eight years. And so I started teaching myself how to paint and then started off with the more like uh, metal album cover stuff, you know, like trying to, cause I thought I wanted to make album covers for like punk and metal bands. And then as it evolved, I just decided that, especially during COVID, I was like, I have to make it lighter and brighter cause I don't think we just need this darkness right now. So I started making it more pop, making it more bright, making it more fun with, the rent that I have now in Savannah, renting from a friend, I can make it as an artist. Now, knock wood, and who knows where that's going to go. You must be thinking about backup plans, like what happens, or are you not? I, I mean, I can't make a backup plan. I have to get through the day. You know, I mean, it's really difficult. It's unsustainable what's happening in the South right now. You know, it really is. If it's unsustainable here, where can it be sustainable? I don't know. So will it come to a point where you're going to have to go back to the restaurant? I will never go back to a restaurant. Nope, nope, never, never. I will never fucking go back to a fucking restaurant ever again. I fucking hate that life so much. I have sworn it off for the rest of, I, won't, I don't care. I don't, I do not care. I will never go back to working in restaurants. <laughs> this is Edwin Salas, and he's answering my question as how he, as a local maker, makes it in Asheville. Now, he's a mixed-media visual artist and a performance artist focusing in both realms on the darkly humorous. Do you own a house, or how are you able to make your way in this community when rents keep going up? Well, we have the house because, thanks God, my wife... She teach dance, and she was the person to help to have the house. But if it was for me, for artists, I think I live in Tennessee and travel all the days here in, in Asheville because it's near impossible to live here in Asheville. You own your house with your wife? Yes, yes. So you think if, you, if that wasn't the situation, you'd have to leave North Carolina and go to Tennessee? Yes. But if I think about the retirement, health insurance, and all these kind of things, medical care, I can do it. I can do it. For the reason now, in this moment, I am a student at UNCA. 
you stay a student at UNCA to bring your costs down? Yes, because I want to, I mean, study a minor in computer science, a major in new media, for to have in the future to works. So you, you're going to school to give yourself another outlet to potentially work and make a living beyond your art. Exactly. When did you start studying there? Uh, this year, in January. Was that hard for you to do to make that decision that you were going to have to go back to school to pick up a, a skill and a trade? I think I put in the balance. What is the, what is the most important for me? To have a security for my family or to continue to fight with that, this utopia of to be an artist? Yes, to be a security for my family. I think it's a good place for to be an artist, for to sell your art, but it's difficult for to artists live here. Only if you have like a lot of money to invest to open a gallery and maybe, maybe, yes, but you need to come with a, a backup of money. My name is Ashley Gandiza. I live in Mills River, so about 30 minutes south of Asheville, and I've lived in this area for about two and a half years now. So I make gemstone jewelry infused with healing energy, and I also make positive affirmation cards. This area can be challenging for creatives, especially if they don't own their own house, and you know, pr cost of living here is pretty expensive. What's your living situation like? So I actually live in a tiny home in Mills River, uh, in Oconee Bell. How tiny? I live in 128 square feet, my friend. How do you do that? That's like a dorm room. I ask myself this every day, how do I do this? But I am very good at, one, organizing, and two, I store a lot of craft supplies in my car. So you're kind of living out of your car and your, your apartment, right? Essentially, yes. My business lives in a part of my living room, basically most of the living room and in the car. You're living in a 128 square foot apartment. Part of your, your storage is in your car. You've been doing this for two and a half years. So on balance, has it been a good move for you here? Oh, absolutely. I would say moving here was probably one of the best decisions I had ever made and choosing to take my business seriously as a business rather than, you know, a hobby was one of the best decisions I had made as well. Is the square footage a huge challenge for you and how much longer do you see yourself in that situation? I would say the tiny house that I live in is the biggest challenge while I very much love that decision that I made because it allows me a lot of financial freedom because the house is already paid off, but it is one of my biggest challenges with running a business out of it. And so I'm in the process of buying a bigger tiny house. So tiny houses are houses that are 400 square feet or less. And so I am going to be doubling my tiny house size, which is nice because then I will have an office and I will be able to move some of that stuff out of my car. I absolutely love it. It's the best place I've ever lived. My neighbors are super cool. I don't think I've ever like been friends with as many of my neighbors as I am. Are there other artists in there who, are, who have the same mindset as you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I have a couple artist friends that, you know, we talk about what shows we like and where we're going and we can kind of lean on each other if we need help. So you're going to double your size. Is anybody there with a 400 square foot house that's considered like the mansion of the place? A thousand percent. There is, yes. There are uh, quite a few 400 square foot houses, but one in particular stands out as a mansion because it has a rooftop deck. 
My name is Mary LaBianca, and I started Tiny Mountain Clay two years ago and did my undergrad at UNCA and moved back here. I started playing around with clay after my son was born just to, to make in a different way at home, um, and he's seven now. And I've always been attracted to the ephemeral through dance, so I started to get interested in surface design on ceramics and things that change over time and so I've kind of gravitated to gardens and nature and things that catch our eye in the world around us. How has life been for you as a maker financially? It is tricky. I'm still working on those aspects of figuring out how to make everything balance. I'm enrolled in the professional crafts program at Haywood Community College and I'm looking forward to next year because we do a lot of craft marketing and really understanding the ins and outs of the business of being an art maker and how to achieve those those goals. Did you know it was going to be as tricky as the word you use, as tricky as it is? I guess I don't see it as tough or tricky because I just, I, I love it. I like the quiet of making pots and I like I like seeing the joy that my work will bring to somebody who who finds pleasure in in seeing my work as much as I like putting it out there for them. I, I trust the process and I have goals with making ends meet and being in the black. Is that easy for you to have that long-term vision and not get caught up psychologically and spiritually in the challenge day to day? I do have patience. I have a lot of inspiration around me from other makers and seeing other people and looking at other people's work and seeing how that it does take time and patience, just like it, it does with clay when you're working with it. We own our house. We bought a, a, a tiny little, very small fixer-upper, <laughs> which still needs fixing-upping. You know, I have a vision for a home studio. I have a big hole in my shed roof right now, so it's small steps forward and, and having a vision and just not giving up. I've seen people yesterday who, who saw me last year at the Big Crafty and came back and said hi and told me stories about who they gave my work to and how much that person loved it and yeah those are why I do this. My name is Bill Green and I do illustration folk art under the name Other Desert. And how long have you lived in Weaverville? Two years now going on two years. Tell me in the two and a half years you've been here has this been a good move for you in terms of being a creative and the financial part of it has it been a good move for you? It is. Um, I'm also a photographer and I work with Blue Spiral One currently um, doing some permanent uh, assignment stuff. And between the two paths of illustration and photography, you know, it's a little bit of a transition coming from my clients out west to, to here, but it's working. I've done large scale murals when asked, but my, my focus is really either gallery shows and or festivals like this. What would your advice be to other newcomers here about how to make it work for themselves here? Be realistic about what the level of competition is here because there's, there's so much great talent here in the, in the region that you have to know what your voice is and have that figured out as well and price your work accordingly because it's extremely competitive and find your audience and work on building that audience because everyone, everyone here is, is there's, there's so much diversity of talent as far as the quality of work and, and the mediums that are, that are here. You've got to find what works for you and just keep doing it every day. Be in the studio working every day and work on the business side of it as well. 
My name is Kimberly Obie. I live in Asheville, North Carolina. I run Wishing Flower Press and Bindery in Black Mountain. How long have you done Wishing Flower? Uh, it's new. It's a year. <laughs> but I've been doing printmaking and bookmaking for over 10 years. Okay. So I've been asking creatives, prices are going up, cost of living is going up. How do you make it work as a creative while still living in this region? So for me, I have a really wide variety in my product line. So that includes lower priced items and higher priced items. I hear from a lot of artists that it's really a struggle to keep affording to live here and do what they do. Are you also in that same basket or are you pretty stable? with what your work and your finances? It's a little bit unstable. We're working at it. My husband's also an artist, so together we're trying to make it work. But slowly and surely we're seeing progress happening. Do you own your home? We don't. You rent. So is it important for both of you to live in this region, to continue living in this region? If so, why? Given what's happening with the cost of living and you could go back to the Midwest and make your, get more bang for your buck, why stay here? How, how important is it for you to live here? So my husband and I, we met here about five years ago. I don't know, we just really love this community. Not just the community of artists and makers, but also people who support the arts. There's just a lot of people who appreciate handmade goods where in other places is you just don't feel that sort of connection. So, I mean, it's also a very beautiful place to live and it's very inspiring. So for those reasons, we, we do want to make it work here. What would you tell creatives who don't live here, who are thinking of moving here, what should they know that you maybe didn't know when you first decided to be here? Asheville's getting pretty crowded, so I would maybe give them the advice to maybe move to one of the smaller cities outside the city. That's kind of where we're looking to do. Kara Steinbuschel, and since 2004, so 19 years. I've been making um, lotion for potters for almost 20 years, almost that whole time, but then I've only been a ceramic artist for about the last five years. Do you know others in this creative community who've had to leave because they couldn't afford it? I know some who can't move to town, like one of my colleagues that's helping me today. She lives outside the city limits, it comes in for the studio and then has to go back out to live with her family. You were saying that you have seen a lot of changes since you came here, in what yes. sense? When I first moved here, I was working in an art store that was over on Broadway and it was next to Lexington Avenue and Lexington Avenue was like a, a amazing place for artists, very independent. There was this place called Vincent's Ear that had like drag shows, local indie art, and it was just like affordable rents. You could get a house for three people, $700, $750. And it just was really thriving, very punk, very like alternative. And I felt a little bit like mainstream looking at the time. And I just see it turning more, it's like the people from the tech industry or people from bigger cities moving here that already have the jobs and like kind of like buying up the you know, housing. Some of the indie kind of culture is kind of threatened because a lot of us like live paycheck to paycheck and we need to be able to have affordable places to live and to practice our art and have community. I'm Laura Wood and I've been here since 2013. I make contemporary jewelry. It's all made from metal and I work very sculpturally. So I'm making a lot of patterns from metal and then forming it into shape to flatter the lines of the body. And I'm also very into color. So I'm using that in a variety of ways on the work. What was the environment like for you economically in Asheville when you first arrived? And what is it like for you today in terms of making your way as a visual artist and crafter? When I first moved to Asheville, I took a part-time job 
And I kept that job for several years until I reached a point where I didn't need to have that income. And I guess a better way to describe it would be when the scales tipped and I felt like I was losing money by working at my part-time job, that's when I decided to just go full-time. There are ups and downs to that. It's kind of an ebb and a flow. There are some years that are better than others. Obviously, the pandemic shifted things a bit, and I actually ended up having a pretty great year after that because everyone was so supportive of the arts and really wanted to make sure they were taking care of their local artists and friends and colleagues. I'd say probably in the last year, things have slowed down a bit, but because I have been doing this for so long, I have kind of figured out ways to buffer in so that in the slow periods, I'm not really, really desperate. (laughs) Do you own your house? I do, yeah. I moved here in 2013. I bought my house in 2014. Wow, very prescient of you to do that. Yeah, well, it was because I needed a studio and a place to live, and I was leaving the place I was renting at the time, and I knew I couldn't afford both a rent and a studio in two separate places, and it was actually cheaper at the time for me to pay a mortgage on a house. You seem to have found a a good rhythm for yourself. You own your house, and you came here at a good time. What would you advise creatives who are thinking of moving here now? If you're thinking of moving here now, I would definitely do some some research before showing up. So coming to visit, if you have friends in the area, maybe coming to stay with a friend and then meeting more people. That way, when you move here, maybe you could find some roommates, have some shared studio space, because trying to take on any of those things solo would be probably a little too much for any one person to be able to do. Does this continue to be a fertile ground for you to create from and do you see yourself here long term? Absolutely. I think Asheville is an incredibly supportive local community for makers and then also people coming to visit here see that it's appreciated so much. So I think even some people who aren't educated on craft and art see the love for it and find that interest and maybe do a little bit more research for themselves and leave having bought something from someone local. I used to work downtown in retail and so I saw that happen pretty regularly. So I have positivity in that in that area. But yeah, I think Asheville's by and far one of the more supportive places for what we do. Also, North Carolina Arts Council does a grant cycle every year, and I've been a recipient of that grant a few times, and that's really helped me to grow my studio practice and to um, invest in myself as an artist, and that is something that other states, maybe they have it, but not in the... To the degree. Exactly. Those are just a sampling of voices from the Big Crafty this past weekend at Harris Cherokee Center. You'll find the Instagram handles for each of these artists, both in the text description of this episode and in our social media. If you're a local maker, I'd love to hear your perspective on how you make it in Asheville. Make a voice memo and email it to matt at podavl.com and I might include it in a future episode. Our new First Look newsletter gives you just a handful of daily headlines from around the local media landscape to get you on your morning. We also have a weekly newsletter devoted to all things The Overlook that hits you every Friday. Both are free and available at podavl.com newsletter. And please support the show by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theoverlookpodcast. I'd like to thank everyone who spoke with me for this episode of The Overlook and signed up for our newsletter. 
Our theme music for the Overlook, Maker's Song, comes courtesy of the Asheville band The Resonant Rogues. The Overlook is a production of Podcast Asheville. New episodes are available every Monday through Thursday morning. I'm Matt Pikin, and I'll see you on the next episode of The Overlook.